What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Chanel. Welcome to, I want to say this is the 14th episode of Candid Talk with Chanel. Hope that January has treated you well. Can't believe it's almost over. Um, So today is going to be, as my husband would say, a goulash, which is like a, a smorgasbord, a combination of topics that probably have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> um... I will start off by saying rest in peace to Kobe Bryant and his daughter, his oldest daughter. It was reported that they were in a helicopter crash today in Calabasas, California. And I could only imagine what his wife, his other three children, his family, his parents, what they're going through, his friends, um, that is a tragedy in and of itself but to have to bury a husband and a child at the same time I, I I couldn't imagine that and it hit home to me Kobe Bryant as quiet as it's kept many may not know he aside from Michael Jordan has been my favorite um, basketball player for a lot of my uh, teenage years into adulthood years and then after he kind of left the scene you know I kind of took a liking to to um, Stephen Curry but um but yes yeah, so it, it kind of hit home I even had like a Kobe jersey like I was riding out for the Lakers for him um, for a while and that just hurts my heart I always say to those who are seeking to be in the industry the entertainment industry at a high level where you are famous, where the world knows your name, where you have buku zeros in your bank account, you're a millionaire, um, to be careful and make sure that that is the life that you want. Um, I am often, as I have said in the past, I am a conspiracy theorist and (sighs) what I will say is that Keep your eyes open to what's happening in the entertainment industry. This has been going on since the beginning of time. Every time the Grammys, the Grammy Awards comes on, there are always these deaths, right? We had Whitney Houston. We have, now we have Kobe Bryant. You know, I feel like Nipsey Hussle passed around this time. Every time the Rock Nation brunch happens and every time the Grammys happens, which is like a day apart, they're always these celebrity deaths. They're always dying from either drug drug overdoses, allegedly, car crashes, plane crashes. Now we hear about a helicopter crash. Just keep your eyes open. And I say that because there is a price to fame. For that level of fame, you better believe there is a price. And the entertainment industry is wicked. And that's just... The truth about it, you know, um, I've done years upon years upon years of in-depth research and I don't speak a lot on it publicly or on my, my platforms that I've been building for myself because it's to the point where a lot of times, if I'm being honest, your shit will get shut down. Um, shut down meaning if I did a vlog on it, well, you know, not that I get all these views, but let's say that I was getting hundreds of thousands millions of views like that's the kind of stuff that kind of could get shut down but um you know that that world is smoke and mirrors and it's it's and it's run by the devil (laughs) straight up you know and I'm not trying to kill people's dreams who who want to be movie stars or who want to be big time singers and, and artists out here Um, but what I will say is just know that there to be at that elite level, there is a price. And so anytime that I hear about these celebrity deaths happening, especially around certain ritualistic times, such as when they have the Grammys or the Oscars, or it's like certain times of year, uh, it's a lot of like sacrilegious ritualistic, um, festivities for a lack of a better word that happens and you hear about these deaths just next time you hear about these kind of celebrity deaths happening out of the blue just random things happening just just 
think back to this podcast episode and, and look at the time frame, what's happening in the entertainment industry. Is there a serious like award show happening? Is there, you know what I'm saying? Just look out y'all. I, I, I'll leave it there. Um, but definitely my condolences goes out. My prayers goes out to the Bryant family and all the other families of the passengers who were involved in this tragic and fatal helicopter crash. Um, as I always say, I know I'm a rick rick broken record, as I often say as well. Life is super short. I know I am more of a morbid thinker, meaning I think about death probably more than the average person. And um, so I'm always just like, coming to the realization or reminding myself that this is just a natural part of life. And so because I recognize that none of us know when our clock is up, I try my best to love on the people in my life, let them know that I love them, that they're loved and appreciated, that they're valued. You know, I even did a podcast episode months ago discussing the people in my life who I value and who inspire me. Like I try to give people their roses while they're alive to actually smell them and accept them and, and display them and appreciate them. Um, and so let's just all remember how short life is. We don't know how long we have on this earth. I'm pretty sure Kobe's wife and, um, and, and 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 children would have never thought that that would have been the last time that they would see their father, their husband, their sister. Um, so, you know, yeah. And another thing that kills me, briefly going back to my whole conspiracy theory with the, the entertainment industry, is that I feel like they all know what's coming, right? All the elite, the people who were part of this million dollar club, I mean, millions and millions upon millions of dollars, like, I feel like all of them at the Rock Nation brunch or, you know, at the L.A. versus Philly game yesterday, I feel like they all know something's coming. They all potentially know who may be getting sacrificed or axed, you know what I'm saying? But I feel like everybody has to play the game. Um, it's crazy. But anyway, I move on from here. <laughs> I know sometimes my uh, conspiracy theorist forward thinking can be hard for some to understand or too much. If you disagree, it's all good. No love lost, no offense taken. I just still implore that everyone keeps their eyes open. The entertainment industry is all smoke and mirrors and trust and believe the higher that you are with the amount of fame, money and power that you have, there is a serious price that comes with that. Um, and it's a dark world that you're, you're a part of. And Listen, I love music. I, I love the entertain. I love being entertained. You know, I love watching TV and movies and going to concerts and have my favorite artists and actors and actresses like everybody else. But I recognize that a lot of that shit is smoke and mirrors. And some of my favorite artists, even in the gospel world, could still be worshiping Beelzebub, also known as Satan. Um, but like I said, I will not get too deep. Moving right along. <laughs> um, so another thing I wanted to talk about, and I might have talked about this before on one of my complex simplicity vlogs in the last two or three years, but you know, I've been catching up on the real a lot of times. Y'all know I DVR these episodes, right? So I work a lot of crazy hours, fluctuating hours, and I'm not always able to watch the show as it comes on. So today I came home from work. My husband's working tonight. Have the house to myself. I have a golden opportunity to binge watch five episodes of The Real that I haven't gotten an opportunity to watch this week. And so they have a new addition to the show, Amanda Seals. If I'm being honest, and this is not, I'm coming out of a place of love, not tearing this young lady down or any of the ladies of The Real down. Um, I, I had doubts with how she would mesh with the show on a regular, like her guest hosting a couple of spot dates or for a week straight here. And then a week straight, a month later, that was cool. But like, I had doubts when I realized, Ooh, they're, this seems like they're in the talks of like having her as a host on the show, because I felt like even when Tamar was on the show, they didn't really need five hosts, Right. 
But okay, five perspectives of different women from different walks of life, women of color, different backgrounds. I could dig it. I could get with it. Um, but yeah, I was like, damn, like, I don't know how I'm gonna feel about this. But then, you know, it kind of grew on me. I see what she brings to the table. She is super educated. She's passionate about the black experience. She's passionate about, you know, discussing her perspectives and viewpoints on race, uh, racial issues, on the overall struggle, on um, feminism and all those kinds of things, which makes sense. It's a great addition in that. It, it's a good fit when it comes to that. What I will say is she can be a bit abrasive with her delivery at times. And what I've been noticing in a couple of episodes I watched last week and just me sitting here and binge watching like five episodes back to back today is the tendency to when the ladies are expressing themselves particularly on topics that are dealing with race the black experience um realms of that it's almost as if she'll like question or correct what they're saying in the moment and i don't know if she realizes how that comes off she i'm pretty sure because they all seem to get along and, and and be connected I'm pretty sure she has the best of intentions, but I don't know if she realizes how this reads on when she's actually doing it in the moment on live TV. And I get the sense that the girls may not always feel it either, but I feel like maybe that's something that they'll that they'll take up if they do feel some kind of way, of course, privately amongst themselves. But I noticed that she's done this to Jeannie when they had the episode this past Monday, which was Martin Luther King Day. Um... The topic was, what would Martin Luther King say about the state of the world today? You know, with all the work and the foundation he laid with trying to end segregation and fight racism and speak on equality in a peaceful way. You know, um, I, you know it was a great thought-provoking topic to discuss on such a day. And, you know, the ladies were expressing themselves and you can always tell when Amanda wasn't like, necessarily in agreement with it which is fine like but my thing is don't interject or don't try to like correct anyone else in what they're saying um as if you're the 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 authority to speak on the black experience i'm black i'm just as black if not you know like i am just as black my roots trace back to africa like anyone else's who is of african-american culture or descent or whatever you want to call it and I still may have a differing view than Amanda Seals does. And I do find myself having differing views at times. So there's no one that can, can solely speak on like the black experience because the black experience, we all may experience some of the same things, yes. But guess what? We all experience a lot of different things as well. You know what I'm saying? Based off of maybe where we grew up, where we live, based off of uh, different environments, maybe where we went to college, where we went to school, where we work, based off of, hate to say it, the skin tone, because within the black African-American culture, the skin tones range. And so I may be looked at or looked down upon because I'm more of a, a chocolate-colored skin complexion than someone who is of a fairer complexion. So it's like no one can fully just come and speak on the black experience or be the authority on the black experience. And, I, and maybe that's the role that they want her to fit or to kind of what they want her to bring. But Lonnie is African-American, she's black. Tamara has African-American blood in her. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone can have their own differing opinions and perspectives and views about racism and about the black experience. And I feel, I didn't like when I saw her shut down Jeannie. Um, it's, and it's not even what she said, it's how she said what she said. Jeannie was more so tying in, you know, having um, empathy, being able to be a good listener. And what Dr. King probably would say is the fact that we're not listening to one another. And that if we kind of put our needs to the side, this is Jeannie Mai's point, and really just sit to listen, to listen, not listen to just respond or to defend, you know, then maybe that's a place that we can start. 
Now, whether you agree with Jeannie's point or not, let her say her point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then she started bringing in the mental health factor and realm. You know, Jeannie's been transparent in the fact that she's going through intense therapy for her own self-betterment and 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 um well-being, so to speak. And so she's gonna come from a place of of coming from that realm of mental health and emotional balance and things of that nature. And, you know, I get it. Amanda was saying, well, let's, we're talking about racism. Let's stick to that. But it was how she said what she said to me. That was a bit condescending and rude actually. And you kind of saw Jeannie's expression kind of change slightly, right? Um, you know, these girls have been on a show with the exception of, of, of Amanda for years. So they know how to like have a moment probably, or not like something that someone has said, without making it appear as this this big thing on television, right? And then even when um, Adrian was expressing herself, you know, she saw uh, the, the Jamie Foxx movie, The Name Slips My Mind with Michael B. Um, Jordan, where it's about a black man who was wrongfully accused of murdering a white woman and, and all of that. And she said she left the theater upset and angry. And her whole thing was, you know, she feels like there's a group of people crying out for help probably particularly black people she's talking about. Um, but she said, you know, whether it's black people, whether it's Latinas, Latinos, whether it's people who are in living in poverty, immigrants, like there are groups of people crying out for help and no one's listening. And as she said that, Amanda's like, for help? You know, so I feel like it's just like, it's, it's how she's saying what she's saying. Like, you don't need to correct the lady. Like, let the ladies express what they're saying. And then when it's your turn, you express what you're saying. And then you guys can go from there. I don't feel like you need to, like, correct them, in a sense, in the moment as they're expressing themselves. I think that it just comes off a little abrasive and, to be honest, rude. And the ladies are better than me because I probably would have professionally on television said, well, listen, let me finish what I'm saying before you dissect what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's, let's be clear. You know what I'm saying? And, and sometimes I felt like Lonnie had that, that role where she could kind of get away with saying what she wanted to the ladies and them not pushing the boundary too much or challenging it too much in the moment. And I feel like Amanda's kind of coming in a little bit with that too. And my thing is you ladies are not the authority for certain topics where what you say is considered or deemed as the most intelligent perspective or most accurate um, perspective to have at that table. You know what I'm saying? Like there's always a way to convey and express um, whatever, even when you disagree. You know, I'm very big on that. We don't have to agree. I go through this with some of my girlfriends. We do not have to agree about everything, but there's a way that we can express that we don't agree and move on. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is what it is. Um, and that's where sometimes the ladies of the real, some of them confuse me, probably lately, more particularly Lonnie and Amanda, because it's like, in one vein, it's like, yeah, we need to be more open-minded and we need to be able to let, you know, un, you know, everybody has the right to their opinion and perspective and you all judge us a lot you know, with the things that we say here, but we have a right to our opinion and we're just trying to elevate and educate and yada, yada, whoop-de-whoop-de-woo, you know, they'll hit you with that, you know, but then the moment, sometimes in the heat of the moment amongst each other, you see that they're not, that they, that they even themselves have to catch themselves from like judging what one another's perspectives are in the moment or with cutting one another off or correcting one another, you know, it's like, you can't pick and choose when it's okay to be open-minded and to voice your perspective and opinion, you know what I'm saying? Um, or preach one thing, but then you do another, right? And one, what I noticed, because, you know, psychology will always be the premise that I come from, is that um, Amanda and Lonnie really seem to care about what the viewers and the public thinks. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't know what it's like to be um, famous or to be recognizable or to have that level of a platform where you're receiving a lot of critique and backlash and some people spew hate and all kinds of things. I don't know what that's like. However, I find it interesting that those two specifically who 
sometimes are the most, I don't want to say the most opinionated because all the ladies share their opinions, but the ones who may have like the most raw opinion about certain topics, especially around race and feminism and relationships and men, you know, get real super sensitive (laughs) when the public doesn't um, heed to, not even heed to, but when the public doesn't receive what their perspective is or what it is that they're saying. You know what I'm saying? For a living, you guys are critiquing and sharing your perspectives and opinions on various topics that happen within the world, right? But then let let someone or a couple of people go on that real daytime Instagram page or their personal pages and, and kind of tell them I'm not a thing or two about themselves. And I know people could be trolls and people could be rude and disrespectful and nasty. You know, I'm not taking that from them. I could only imagine how difficult that is. But I just find the irony in the fact that, you know, that they have a hard time, it seems, at times with 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 dealing with the backlash, you know, I know a lot this season, Lonnie's been getting a lot of backlash from a lot of things that she said. And I don't know if the game plan this season was for her to have the shock value perspective or for her to be the one to say the cringeworthy things or to have these like viral moments. I'm not sure if this was planned or if this just happened or whatever, but the backlash that she's been getting all season You could tell that it's bothering her, you know, because I feel like at least once a week, either her or Amanda are talking about because the nasty comments and people just spewing hate and guys, we got to just, we got to stop treating each other this way. Like why y'all getting so like in your feelings? You know what I'm saying? It comes with the territory, right? It comes with what you do. Like just know that everyone is not going to like you and that is okay. Like Everyone is not going to be here for your perspective, and that is okay. I have a, a, a tiny brand that I've been trying to build for years, and I recognize that everybody's not going to like me. They're not going to like what I stand for. They're not going to ride out with my movements. I get that. You know what I'm saying? Like It comes with the territory. When you decide to put your art out there, it is up for critique. It is up for public opinion. It is up for people to talk shit. Like that's what comes with the territory, whether your platform is large or it's small, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not trying to say that that means that, you know, cause some people can just be cruel and downright evil, you know, but at the same time, you can't let that, you can't let that dictate how you view what you're doing or yourself. And so I always find it just with human behavior in general interesting when you have these bigger big personalities or abrasive personalities or quote unquote when I'm doing air quotes as I say this tough personalities or strong personalities that are super sensitive when it comes to what people think about them I always find the irony in that you know what I'm saying um but yeah <laughs> so just, you know, a few thoughts I had in watching the reel and not to harp on it with these ladies. And like I said, this is coming from a place, this is coming from a place of love and, and, and genuine, well, I should say coming from a place of peace, right? And genuine, just curiosity and just my uh, assessment or my own opinion, right? Um, I do like the show. I still do support the show. I still clearly DVR it every day. And I'm curious to see how everything plays and works out with it being five co-hosts again. Um, but, the, you know, I couldn't help but but not notice that. And, of course, like I said, it, it makes me think further, just why do we do that as humans? And, you know, it's, it's so easy for us to be like, oh, we got to just be open-minded and respect people's opinions. But then sometimes in the moment, it's so easy for us to to go against that very thing, you know? Um I'm to the point in my life, like I said, I'm 36 years old, whether we are friends, whether we are family, like, listen, my thoughts are my thoughts. My perspective is my perspective. I'm open to hearing other people's perspectives because I feel like that's just how you grow and enlighten yourself. Um, But like, I recognize when 
there are times even my husband and I, we're going to have to agree to disagree with this. We will always and forever have a different opinion or difference of opinion regarding this particular issue. And life goes on. Like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like as humans, we are still always trying to get people to think how we do. Like I had to let that go a long time ago. And you know, y'all know I, I, I do talk about friendships. I probably used to talk about them way more, you know, a couple a year ago, months ago. But like I had to learn to get over this very thing years ago. Chanel, how you think, how you move, and how you operate, you can't expect other people to do that, to think the way you do, to see things the way you do, to move the way you do. Like it's just it just is not nine out of 10 times going to play out that way. You know what I'm saying? Like we all think differently and have, and see the world differently. You know what I'm saying? Like that doesn't mean that we can't be friends. It doesn't mean that we can't be lovers. It doesn't mean that we can't be married. It doesn't mean that we can't be family because I see things differently than you. You know what I'm saying? you choose to live your life away. Okay. Like I've seen, I used to do it years ago until I had my come to Jesus moment, but I used to, you know, sometimes I even see some of my girlfriends like really like killing themselves, trying to make another friend buy into their way of thinking. Like everybody has their right to feel and to think the way they want to. (laughs) Like, it is what it is. We're going to have to agree to disagree sometimes. It's cool. It's love is love. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, So I just feel like it's human behavior that we often feel like you need to have my values. You need to think the way I do. You know what I'm saying? As long as you ain't out here hurting people, murdering people, you know, killing people, abusing folk out here, like being disrespectful long as you respect our friendship, we good. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need for you to live your life the way that I live mine. What works for me works for you. If how you live in works for you, then do you. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I'm so glad. It is so freeing when you get to that space. Let me tell you, (laughs) so freeing when you get to that space and place in your life where how other people lead their lives doesn't make you lose sleep at night. You know what I'm saying? Unless you're my husband. Long as you ain't out here disrespecting our marriage and doing things you ain't got no damn business doing, we're cool. You know what I'm saying? We could disagree about something, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, and and also just, you know, yeah, putting all this time and energy and in, in, in trying to sway people to live the way we live, to think the way we think, to do what we... No, everybody has the right to do them. We are grown adults. I don't need to police what anyone else is doing. You know what I'm saying? You want my honest opinion? I will always be honest with you as my friend, as your friend. I'll always be honest with you as your family member. I will always be honest with you as your wife. But like, my job is not to sit here and 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 police what you're doing. I got my own shit I got to deal with and and be about and see see about. <laughs> if that makes sense, you know. Um so it just kills me, you know, when I see just normal human behavior of us still struggling with allowing people to have a different opinion and being okay with that. Even if you disagree with what it is, okay, I don't agree with you, but okay, life goes on. You know what I'm saying? Um, so watching, you know, these episodes of The Real reminded me of that. And to be honest with you, this is why I love transparency and I gel very well with people who are not afraid to be honest about their feelings and to be honest about things that they've gone through because I respect those who are just an open book, you know? I don't know if you've ever been around people who are super secretive, 
to the point where it's just ridiculous. Like I used to like go to college with people, some people who were like this, worked with people who were like this, super secretive, always trying to be super mysterious. You know, to me that just, it just, it just means that you're hiding a ton of insecurity, right? For me, I'm being real about the shit. This is what it is, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and, and my, my hope for the ladies of the real is that they are able to come to a, a place where, yes, because I, I, a part of my personality, as I say, is being politically correct, right? But I feel like I balance being politically correct, meaning my delivery and how I say what I say, right? I balance that with being honest and transparent about what I'm thinking and feeling. And so when I say that I'm politically correct, I don't want you folks to think that that means I'm always just trying to pick the best practice way of expressing myself. No, what that means is I'm choosing to deliver my honest and transparent message, opinion, and feelings in a way that is not going to be offensive, right? And I know that I have a tendency to be harsh, so I'm always trying to to be aware of that. But I, you will always know for what I'm feeling or if I'm not feeling something or if I'm upset about something, if I have a concern about something. You'll never have to really guess when it comes to that, right? But how I express myself is not going to be in a condescending, disrespectful, demeaning way. But it'll be honest, but it'll just be with the appropriate delivery, right? And so my hope for the ladies that are real because I feel like some are able to like tap into that transparency easier than others is that even though we're in a a time in this world where everyone is super sensitive about everything, that they're still able to find a way to give their honest and true transparent perspective. Of course, without being offensive, demeaning, disrespectful, insensitive, you know, um, but to still not just take the, the easy way out, so to speak, or the, and my fellow Christians may not understand when I say this, or take like the God is love way out, which means the right thing to say. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes the transparent truth is an ugly truth. Um, and my hope is that they're, they're able to 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 be that transparent when it comes to certain heated topics. Because sometimes I feel like they dance around things and I get it. Everybody has a job to keep, you know, everybody wants to keep their chair at that table. But certain topics, if you're gonna if you guys, if the producers or whoever runs this show are gonna pick some of these questions and topics and subjects, then y'all gotta be willing to go there. You can't dance around it. Some topics I feel like they dance around or that's when they rely on Lonnie or maybe now Amanda, because I even noticed what Lonnie, you know, she'll be like, Amanda, what do you think? Almost like she's baiting her to say, you know, like, yes, go in, go in for the kill. This, this, say it, say it, you know? Um, because Lonnie, I feel like used to play the role of having the unpopular opinion at times. And now she has, uh, now that Amanda's there, they, you can tell that they're on the same page when it comes to all issues, race and things of that nature. And so sometimes I feel like Lonnie will kind of put Amanda out there on the spot to speak on certain things, you know? So I'm just hoping all the ladies feel comfortable enough to like tap into that transparency, even if it is not the popular opinion. I also give it to Adrian. Adrian will sometimes even say, okay, guys, this is not the popular opinion, but this is my perspective, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm all for transparency. I'm all for, you know, keeping it real at the end of the day. And, um, yeah, sorry y'all if you hear my stomach growling, but I just wanted to come on and say those few things. So, you know, really just a reminder, and I'm, I'm always a part of the conversation folks, um, to, to, not feel like we have to sway people into believing and, and thinking like we do. Like I opened this podcast episode talking about the Illuminati pretty much, most in my conspiracy theory about these celebrity deaths. And some of y'all may be like, what the hell is this chick talking about? I don't buy into it. I don't agree with it. And that is fine. 
I'm not, you know, like it is fine. I'm not going to sit here and try to sway anybody. I'm not going to try to sit here, whether you're trying to, you know, be in that industry or not. I am not going to sit here and, and say, no, no, you have to watch this. You have to see this and, and argue my point, you know, in the words of Nene Leakes, I said what I said, you, you know, with, you do with it what you want to do with it, you know, um, whether it goes in one ear and out the other, or it actually plants a seed and registers. Okay. Either one is cool with me. I know what I need to know. <laughs> I know what I'm looking out for. You know, I know, I know that the, the, there, I, uh, look, look at me tripping over my words. What I'm trying to say is I know that I can see the forest from the trees and always have been able to God given ability. Right. Um, so I don't need, I'm, I convinced, I'm convinced myself. I don't need to like convince anyone else, so to speak, you know? So it's just, you know, we don't always have to sway people into our way of thinking and how, and into what our perspectives are or correct people to think the way that we do, you know, like if you say some real ignorant shit and I don't agree with you, I will tell you, I don't agree with you. And life goes on. I decide whether I want you in my world like that, depending on how you think and in terms of like detrimental things. Um, you know, if I feel like you're along the lines of being a racist then I'm probably not going to want you in my world. Right. But like, if if we disagree on something, okay. Like I'm not going to sit here and debate you down and and to to believe what I believe and to agree with me, like that's too much energy. It is what it is. And another thing that I forgot to add, I think I had lost my trend trend of thought, is it is so freeing when you don't care about what people think about you. You know, so freeing. I rem- I was reminded of this the other day, just even at my new job. You know. I don't know what the people, the people I work with, what they really think of me at the end of the day. I don't care. (laughs) You know, I come, I work hard, do what I got to do, make my money. And I'm going about my business, you know, like whatever you think about me or what you don't think of me, it is what it is. Like it is such a freeing feeling when you really don't give two shits about what people think about you or people underestimate you. I used to get caught up in that you know, people underestimating me. I mean, it'll still fuel me to a degree, but I'm just like, whatever. And I used to feel that a lot with like move of finesse or little things, whatever. I'm like, I don't care, you know, or my singing. I don't care. I know I can sing. I know what I can do from what I can't do. You know, I know my abilities from my lack of abilities. Like it is what it is, you know? Um, So that's just such a freeing, amazing feeling when you get to that place in your life where you just really don't let the opinions of others about uh, people's of people's opinions about you affect you um, to that degree. Like, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's funny. Um, I wear uniforms to work every day and, you know, working in retail, it's a very it could be a very superficial environment, right? Meaning a lot of emphasis is placed on what you're wearing and what you just bought and makeup and all that shit, right? For me, I'm literally be rolling out the bed to get to work. (laughs) I'll throw on anything. I live 10 minutes from where I work. You know, it takes me no time to get to work. And then when I, as soon as I hit the store, I'm going to change into my work uniform anyway. And so for me, they probably think that a bitch ain't got no kind of style, no kind of fashions, no kind of nothing, right? <laughs> now, if you know me, you know that I take pride in what I do wear and that I do pull my, you know, I represent myself well. And I, you can tell that I do like fashion to a degree and that I put effort into what I wear. If you were to probably ask the people I work with, they probably would be like, no, this girl wears sweats and leggings to work every day because that's pretty much what I do wear. I'm sorry, I'm not getting dressed to the nines to drive 10 minutes to change my clothes anyway. You know what I'm saying? Um, so for me, I'm at a stage in my life, bear in mind as well, I'm 36 years old. I work with people who are mostly in their 20s, maybe a few were in their early 30s. So for me, I don't give two shits about what these people think. 
you know what I'm saying? Like, I know how I dress in my in my personal world. I know how I represent myself. I don't have to prove anything to anyone about my ability to dress. Not saying that they're expecting this or asking this, but this just I'm just saying this because this shows how much I don't care. Now, had I still been in my 20s, oh, I probably would have made efforts to dress real cool just to go to work to change. Like, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not wasting my good clothes wearing out clothes now that I have to do laundry and, and you know like I'm not doing all of that like I roll out of bed roll into the shower get myself dressed and that's it and go to work like I don't care I don't even I, I don't even put I don't even lay my baby hairs down y'all I don't care <laughs> that's how much it tells you I don't care when it comes to like when it comes to work like I, of course, I look presentable. You know, I do work for a luxury brand. I am dealing with customers. But like, to me, I spent so many years putting so much emphasis on my outward appearance. Like, I am more invested in all things that makes Chanel who she is and makes her a dope soul. Like I'm more concerned about that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Of course, I will always keep myself together. I will always present myself in a way that I feel comfortable with, you know, but I don't, I'm not out here trying to impress anybody. And if I'm being honest and transparent, there was a period in my life where I put a lot of emphasis and put a lot of my identity and how I looked and what I wore. And I've said this before on my website, which is complexedsimplicity.com that I was overcompensating because my weight was always a struggle. It was always up and down. I didn't always feel comfortable with how I looked as far as my weight went. And so I think it was easier for me to overcompensate when it came to outfits and clothes and spending a lot of money, wasting a lot of money on things that was unnecessary. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's why... Yes, I will still take care of myself because that's a part of who I am. Yes, I'm to the point in my life where I will not allow my weight to get to a certain extent. Yes, I'm not going to let myself go and just lose my sexy because it's important for me to own my sexy and whatever that means and looks like for me. Absolutely. But I'm not putting as much weight and as much, I don't have a need to prove to anybody about my choices in fashion or how I look. I, I look how I decide I want to look. That's pretty much what I'm saying. I'm not going along with what other, everybody else is doing, what everybody else says, how they say I should look. I do my own thing. At my job, I'm the only one who has the most ethnic of hairstyles and has always been that way since I've worked there. Like, I'm going to be who I am. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so there is a freeing and amazing feeling when you don't put stock into what people think about you. You know what I'm saying? But what they all will be able to see from the outside looking in is she seems to live a nice, normal, healthy, happy, well-balanced life. You know what I'm saying? I work. I'm building brands and hustling as an entrepreneur. I am a wife, I am a dedicated family member, I am a, a loyal friend, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like the fruit of my life, it shows a balanced, um, it shows a level of, like, uh, shows like a nice, healthy balance, you know? Um, and my mom, I was on the phone with her the other day, and she was just like, I was saying to one of my girlfriends, like, my daughter's not like a lot of typical ladies or women, like, from the time even she was young. She said, my daughter was never obsessed with marriage or obsessed with, you know, what what most girls are bred to believe you have to do to be happy. She was like, my daughter always enjoyed life at every level she was at, and my daughter was always going for what it was she wanted to do, going for her dreams. And I never knew my mom thought that about me. I was like, oh, that's so cool, huh? You know, I had no idea that she was just like, you have always enjoyed your life at every level. You were never 
at one level wishing and hoping and praying and wishing and obsessing about being married or like a lot of your friends are like obsessing about, you know, um, having children or obsessing about certain things. She was like, she was like, you enjoyed your life at every level. You know what I'm saying? You took your time to get into these things. You dated someone granted for a very long time, but you dated someone for time. You didn't just jump and get married. And then once you got married, you didn't just jump and go having babies. You know what I'm saying? Like you tried a different career. Like you always, you lived on your own. Like you, you were able to just like enjoy your life at each stage that you were at. And she was like, you know, that's not like many of your your peers and many just women in general of your age. So at 36 years old, even though there's still goals I want to achieve and accomplish for sure, I, I feel like I can agree with my mom in that I've enjoyed every stage of my life to the best of my ability, you know, um, and made the best of, of each stage, whether I was struggling to pay rent or not, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Whether I was going through a rough patch in my marriage or whatever may have you, you know, I strive to enjoy every part of my life. And maybe that is because that morbid side of me is always reminded that at any given point in time, my clock could stop ticking. You know what I'm saying? So there is a huge side of me that likes to enjoy every, uh, how do they say it? denture or venture you are like every stage that I'm at you know of my journey I definitely try to enjoy it you know before I became a homeowner with my husband I enjoyed living in my matchbox one bedrooms even had a basement apartment for a couple of years y'all like and you couldn't tell me nothing that was my Shangri-La that was my peace and tranquility you know what I'm saying? I loved my apartments, even if there was an occasional mouse that ran through it because of my dirty ass neighbors. I enjoyed every stage. So now I'm super thankful for the home that I have and the home that my husband and I have been able to build together and like the blessings that I do have. I remember like, hey, I don't have a car, but I got this good monthly metro and I'm gonna get wherever I need to go. You know what I'm saying? To the point now where... You know, I'm able to have a vehicle, you know, and and to be able to to have the luxury to jump in my car to get from point A to point B to point C. So I enjoy every stage in my life, even though I always wanted and reached for more. Um, I think I, I still was able to be thankful for where I was and what I had. And I think God allowed my mom to remind me of that because sometimes you could forget those little things or not even realize them. But yes, it's a reminder for me to be thankful at every stage of life that I'm at. I'm to the point where I go to the doctor, y'all, and I'll say this and I'll wrap up. I have I have white coat syndrome. I might have never said that, meaning I have anxiety every time I go see a doctor. The morbid side of me, once again, always feels like I'm going to get bad news when I see a doctor, right? Because when I was six years old, excuse me, I was diagnosed with petite mal seizures. And so that traumatized me as a kid because I had to go see a neurologist, had to see my primary doctor. And I remember always asking my mom, am I going to die? Does this mean I'm going to die? So I always had that fear for whatever reasons from young. And so as a 36 year old woman, I still experience a level of anxiety when I go get a physical, when I go get a pap smear, when I go to any kind of doctor's appointment. And I will reveal in time, I am on a different and new path and journey in life <laughs> that calls for me to be in doctor's offices. And so there's always this level of anxiety that I have, but I think that this journey is going to allow me to finally push past this fear, right? Um, and um, so I'm even learning to enjoy this phase of my life as far as as uncomfortable as it is, as anxiety ridden as it is to get acclimated with not being in control of whatever's to come. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to seeing any of my medical doctors and um, like I said, you know, part of me feels like this is this is a phobia. This is a fear that I have to face head on and I'm doing it. 
And I'm just like, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, um, and so, you know, we all have our stuff that we deal with. You know, we all have our fears. We all have our issues. But us still finding the silver lining, still being able to forge through these fears, still being able to um, enjoy whatever stages of life that we're in, even even if it's not where we fully want to be, appreciating First of all, like I always say, waking up and having air in my lungs, I'm thankful already because there are people who didn't wake up today. There are people who didn't able, who weren't able to finish this day like Kobe Bryant and his daughter, you know? So being thankful for those things, the small things that are so meaningful at the same time, I think is, is, is important. And, um, yeah, facing fears and, and, and understanding that it's okay that everybody doesn't see life in the world the way that we do. And being aware of how we come off to one another when we do have a difference of opinion. Am I being condescending? Am I looking down and judging you because you don't agree with me or because you don't see this point the way I do or because your moral code is not in alignment with mine? Am I looking down at you? You know, like all those things. I'm trying to tie in all these random topics I've discussed thus far. But yes, you know, just thoughts that I had on a Sunday night. I need to go to bed and act like I have. Speaking of doctor's appointment, I have an eye exam tomorrow. (laughs) I need to get myself prepared for that. Um, But yes, enjoy this week, y'all. I actually will be going on vacation with my husband. We're going to Jamaica in a couple of days. I'm super excited. I need the rest. I need the the R&R. Um... And I will be back and hopefully have a, an interesting episode to discuss from my, my travels abroad. And, you know, keep it locked. Uh, keep checking in with your girl. Go to complexedsimplicity.com. Keep coming and checking out Candid Talk with Chanel. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and probably so many more I need to check. And um, please tell a friend to tell a friend who knows a friend to tell a friend to listen to this podcast. I'm really trying to grow my my listenership. Um, It's not an easy thing. This is an area that I do seem to struggle in when it comes to building my brand's awareness and the, 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 the tribe and community of people who rock out with me. So please um, spread the word. I think I, I give pretty decent talk radio when you're on your way to work, you know, or when you're just having a moment where you just want to listen to something thought-provoking. I'd like to think that you could turn to Candid Talk with Chanel. Um, so much more to come. And yes, until next time.